0: This is episode 104, Getting Closure with an X" with Job. Welcome to Over It and On With It. I'm your host, Christine Hassler, and for over a decade, I've been a life coach, speaker, and author. Each week, you'll hear me work directly with a caller as I coach them through a goal they want to accomplish or an obstacle they may be facing. I'll provide a blend of practical and spiritual advice as well as tangible actions you can apply to your own life. Now, let's get on with the episode. Hi everybody, and welcome back to the show. As always, so grateful to have you here. Thank you to all of you who've been sharing about the show and leaving ratings and reviews. That's always appreciated. And just a quick heads up, I've mentioned this in a couple other episodes, I'm going to be inviting you all to a masterclass. I'm going to be teaching on October 11th, that's free and starting to share about my exclusive online course over it and on with it. That's going to begin this October as well. So make sure you're signed up at christinehasler.com so that you get all the early bird notifications and an early bird discount and special bonus that we're offering to people that register early. Don't miss out again, christinehasler.com. That's where you're going to get all the details. Today's coaching call centers around a romantic relationship, specifically about one ending. But I wanted to start today's episode by talking about the beginning of a relationship, specifically a marriage. I'm inspired to share this because I recently had the honor of officiating my first wedding. One of my best male friends called me up and asked me about six or eight months ago, and I was shocked. He asked me to officiate his wedding. And first I wanted to say no because I was so nervous. And it, gosh, it just felt like a lot of pressure. But I quickly shifted to how much of an honor it was and how special this request was. Something that the couple asked for in the ceremony was for me to give them a few words of advice for their marriage. The first thing I thought was, oh my gosh, only a few words after being a life coach for over a decade where one of the main topics that comes up is relationship then going through my own marriage and divorce, which led me to become a student of relationship courses and teachers, and then recently being the co-host and expert of a TLC show about marriage, I had quite a lot to say, but I did condense it down to a few key points and I thought I'd share a piece of what I said to them on their wedding day with all of you. This advice is about marriage, but I think you can apply it to any significant relationship in your life. A good marriage does not just happen, it must be created. Rely on each other as a source of support, but never your source of fulfillment. Keep nurturing the love and light inside yourself. Keep growing. Continue to be the best person you can possibly be so you can be the best partner to one another. Choose being loving over being right. You both have strong opinions, which make you very successful in a lot of aspects of your life, but in your marriage, give up the desire to be right and seek to understand each other to truly listen, and to see things from each other's point of view. Make agreements rather than having expectations. Clear communication is foundational to marriage. Do not expect the other to be a mind reader. Take responsibility for communicating your needs and making agreements with each other so you don't end up with an expectation hangover. Love has nothing to do with what you're expecting to get, only what you're expecting to give. Focus on what you can give. Commit to being even more loving today than you were yesterday. Never be too busy to be affectionate and attentive. Make your marriage a priority. When frustration and difficulty arise, as they do in every relationship, focus on what you love about each other, what you're grateful for, what is right. Collect evidence for the good and not just what's hard or difficult at the time. Love is a verb, an action, not an emotion. Marriage isn't just about choosing the right person. It's about becoming the right person day after day by putting love in action every day. So I hope you got some nuggets out of that. One of the takeaways or reminders for me is that love is a verb, not just an emotion. We cannot expect just to feel love. We must be it. That is really hard after a breakup when we mostly feel the loss of love, which brings me to my coaching session with Job, who can't seem to get over his ex-girlfriend no matter how hard he tries. Now, the direction I coached Job actually took a turn that surprised both of us, but brought forward such an important topic in terms of his ability to get closure on the relationship. No matter what your relationship status is, I suspect this call will pull on your heartstrings and you'll learn a lot. As you're listening, consider, are you having a hard time getting over an ex? Do you feel like you still need closure in some area? Are you currently in a relationship that is passionate in many great ways, but is also very volatile? meaning you fight hard. Have you or are you currently in a romantic relationship with someone who has a child? Do you often source love from other people? In other words, unless you're in a relationship with someone, unless you're getting love from someone, it's hard for you to feel it. And before I play the call, I'm going to play a quick invitation from Podcast One, asking you to complete a very fast survey. It takes about three minutes. It would really mean a lot to me, Podcast One, and all the other shows on the network if you take some time to listen in and fill out that survey. I also want to give a shout out to one of my favorite podcasts on Podcast One, The Art of Charm. Jordan, the host, one of the hosts there, is a dear friend of mine, and he is just so freaking smart, has amazing guests, does great interviews. So if you don't know of Art of Charm, I suggest downloading a lot of episodes now. You will love it. one.com job from the uk welcome to the show what's your question
1: yeah so my question is recently got out of a long-term relationship we together on and off for five year and we had a year apart and we got back together and it lasted two months and i just feel like at the age of 23 i'm at a crossroads where i've split up with my ex-partner i'm not having a good time at work And funnily enough, today, while we do this call, I've just sold my apartment. So my plan is to go traveling. So I guess my question is, is, you know, how do I get over my ex once and for all?
0: Mm, What still has you tied up? I guess it's
1: more just feelings. There's no, you know, there's no... I have my own place. She has her own place. She has a kid. Um, She's 10 years older than me. And I guess it's just... I don't know. I mean, when you put a lot of time into someone, it's always difficult, isn't it? When you break up.
0: So you met her, if I'm doing the math right, did you meet her when you were 17?
1: Uh, Yeah. Well, 18. 18? 18. 18 at the time. Yeah.
0: And so she, you were still a teenager. She was a grown adult with a child.
1: Yeah, that's right.
0: So you mentioned before we started talking that you listened to the show. Yeah, uh, all
1: the time. Yeah.
0: <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Just out of curiosity, why do you think at 17 years old you were attracted to a woman in her later 20s with a child? Or 18 years old, I'm sorry, excuse me. Yeah, I,
1: I guess, I mean, to be fair, she, she certainly doesn't, she didn't look 28. Um, well, 28 is still very I, young. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. But
0: it's a big difference between 18 and 28 than yeah, like 28 is, and 38 there? or 38 and 48, right? So
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, at the time it was a case of I was working with her. So, you know, that's how we met. And I guess when you're that age, when you're 18, it's sort of, you know, it's it was just a, a different sort of lifestyle to what I was probably on route to going down. Um, and, I mean, to be honest, I don't regret being with her because you obviously learn a lot about yourself. But I am really struggling this time to sort of just get her out of my head and get over it once and for all. Um, a few of my friends I've spoken to that know I'm going to go traveling they're, they're, they're quite realistic and they're saying, you know, going traveling doesn't solve the problem, you know, and, I'm, and I suppose that's true and that's not necessarily the reason why I'm doing it. But, um, you know, it's, it's, it's hard. I mean, I've got my own apartment, I've got my own place, but I suppose it's when you're used to someone's company, it's sure. it's difficult, you know, to then adapt to your, your own space and it's quite sure. lonely at times.
0: I hear you. I, breakups are really hard. I know that pretty much 99.9% of people would agree that breakups are not really fun and that there Mm. is the period of grief and just expecting yourself to get over it quickly could be an unrealistic expectation. Mm. Usually what prolongs the grieving process is not getting to the core of what really drew us to that person. In other words, sort of not getting the lesson because Mm. there was, there was love, there was a connection. I get that. But then there was also something you were getting from her that you need to give to yourself or something that was, or something that you were getting from her that soothed an old kind of childhood wound that now that she's gone, that sort of wound or misunderstanding is reactivated. Mm. So do you have any sense of what either one of those could be?
1: Definitely, yeah. I guess it, it comes down to the way I feel about myself. I guess when, when you sort of rely on someone else for your own happiness and, you know, I, I would I would certainly say I, I don't, you know, I, I don't probably give myself enough sort of, Mm self-love. It seems quite weird to say that, but, um, yeah, I guess I don't. So I I, I relied solely on her to sort of make me feel good about myself. And, um, yeah, that, that sort of hits home that to be
0: fair. And that's a, that's an amazing insight. That's an amazing Mm -hmm. insight. And just you having that insight and acknowledging that is Mm self-love. Just realizing those things that we need to do for ourselves and being really really honest with ourselves is self-love so you're doing it right now
1: yeah yeah i guess i am Mm -hmm.
0: so how did she make you feel
1: um at the best of times i guess um yeah like that 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 nice feeling you get, you know, that warm feeling when you're in a relationship. I got that a lot of the times, but it was also, I mean, like I said, before we got on the call, it was, it was very on off. So the downs were just horrendous. You know, the the arguments, the, the bad times were, were horrendous. I mean, that's what I try and sort of remember and, you know, focus on when I start missing her or, you know, you get little triggers. It might be a song. It might be a place and, instead of thinking about the good times, I think about the, how, it, how it made me feel. Yeah. And I guess it all comes back to, like, the age we were at. It just, I don't think it was ever meant to be. But I suppose you always want something that you shouldn't have. So I kind of always knew in the back of my mind it was never right, the whole kid situation, being 18. It was too young to take on a kid that was five. Um, And obviously the age she was at, she was ready to sort of settle down and and and... I've still got a lot of living. I mean, look at me now, I'm going to be going traveling and, you know, trying to enjoy life again, I suppose.
0: Right. Do you see how you're contradicting yourself? Mm. Cause no, just a few minutes ago, you were telling me about how hard it is to get over her. Yeah. And now you're like, Oh yeah, this wasn't right. So you're kind of bouncing between being in your suffering and kind of being in yeah. the fantasy of it and missing that source of love to being in the reality of it and looking at, oh, wow, this wasn't, this wasn't ideal yeah, for, I for know. either and one. I, and
1: I can bounce on, in and out of that so many times
0: Here's like why. when I think with here's, my head. But here's why. Yeah. You keep going back to the grief and the wanting her and the missing her. Because that was how you sourced love on and off for five years. She was your source of love. Yeah. And right now that's gone. So you're in a bit of a withdrawal. (laughs) You're in a bit of withdrawal. It's like you've got the shakes because the, that source of love is gone. And because so far your self-love, your relationship with yourself has room for improvement. There's some growth to happen. It's like that tank is a little bit empty. Mm-hmm. So until you feel that more and more and more and more, you're going to keep going back to the kind of the illusion of her. Mm. Cause that's kind of the, the closest you've gotten. Does that yeah. make sense so far?
1: It does. Yeah. That makes sense. It makes a lot of sense.
0: Yeah. So I'm going to bounce around a bit. What were the arguments about?
1: Oh God. Um, what were the arguments about? It was always petty stuff, quite a lot of jealousy.
0: On whose Um, part?
1: Um, I would say at the start of the relationship, probably me. And then towards the the back end of it, it was predominantly her. But like I said, I mean, we we split up for a year. We We weren't together for a year. And then we got back together, which was, I suppose, a mistake, to be honest. But it kind of wasn't over at the time. But, yeah, the arguments were always over. Like most relationships, it can be bickering at times, but sometimes the arguments sort of escalated. I suppose quite a bit of that was to do with alcohol, you know. You get a bit drunk and things get brought up. And it was quite volatile, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was tough.
0: And how are you feeling about the child?
1: Um, I'm okay about it because at the end of the day, she, she shouldn't have, she doesn't need to be brought up with arguments and, you know, they're on off and she, you know, the uncertainty of whether I'm going to be there or not. So I guess I, I kind of know she's probably better off without me. I miss her from time to time but not probably not as much as I miss my Mm ex-girlfriend. Okay. That's just me being honest.
0: Yeah, no, no. Honesty, honesty is great. Like I said, I think that, um, being an insta parent at 18 and she was five at the time.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's right.
0: Yeah. And if you weren't all in on being a father, then Mm. I think that, you know, if you kind of stop looking at this from a, selfish, and I'm not calling you selfish, but if you stop looking at it from just your perspective, yeah, one thing that could help you get over this is to realize that if you weren't ready and willing to be a father figure to this child, then being in her life half in, half out, or any longer than you were, wasn't good for anybody. Yeah. What was your childhood yeah. like?
1: Um, very normal very very normal mum and dad um, both sem- self-employed um, work quite hard They're, they've you know three kids married There's it's just been very lived in a nice little house um,
0: did you feel very, very loved?
1: very normal um, yeah yeah I guess I did um, my mum my more so my mum's a very sort of you know, loving mum. My dad is a very, he's like a bloke's bloke, you know? you know, his way of showing love might be buying you a pair of trainers or mm-hmm. taking you to the football, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and for the
0: American, a bloke is like a dude and trainers are tennis shoes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and football, soccer. <laughs>
0: yes. And football, soccer. Yeah. <laughs> yes, <yeah>. yes, yes, yes.
1: <laughs> um, so, yeah, no, I had, a, I had a, I had a really good upbringing, to be honest. Right. You know, no, no problems.
0: Right. And Um, so doesn't any child you're involved with deserve that same kind of consistency?
1: Completely. Yeah. Completely. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't want to be that bloke. I don't want to be the, I guess I am now because I think that the kid probably looks at me and thinks, Oh God, he didn't make my mum happy, which, which is understandable because that's her mum. I'm not her, her dad. And I never set out for it to, be like that obviously but
0: and how old we is she now
1: just, we weren't meant to be uh, she'll be i think she's 10 now yeah
0: and when the breakup happened and it was done for good mm. did you speak to the little girl how was that handled
1: do you know what? i tried um and she, she's into a cheerleading and the last time i'd spoke to her i'd sent her a message just you know wishing a good look um and it was on i don't do you what yeah you'll have whatsapp it was on whatsapp and um I pictured this disappeared and then I I got a phone call from her mum, basically saying, you know, Kai doesn't really want to speak to you, which at first I just thought really because, you know, even though the relationship was very volatile, my relationship with the kid was, you know, it was spot on. It was never, I'd never raised my voice because I just, I I would never be that way. Um, So it wasn't really left the way I'd have liked for it to be left.
0: Okay. I think that's something that's important to clean up. Right. Because you were a part of this girl's life for five years yeah. and I'm guessing that she might feel slightly abandoned and might have some misunderstandings about how you feel yeah. about her, about being able just to, to leave. Um, mm. So, you know, only, you know, what's going to be the best way to handle that. I would suggest maybe writing her a letter expressing to her everything that you see in her, the things you love about her, that it was not her fault, that... The kid are you talking about? The kid. Yeah. The kid. Yeah. Because you were a part of her life during very formative years. Mm. You know, and I know your question was, how do I get over my ex? But I'm also looking at it from the perspective of, you know, what's in the highest good for everyone involved in this situation? And I think that by you having a more mature perspective on this and taking some action that is from the place of love and integrity and putting her interests kind of at the forefront right now would be helpful for you in being able to move on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because it's important for kids to know something wasn't their fault and mm. to know, because kids can make up, well, kids, grown ups, all of us, but especially kids when things aren't explained well or people just disappear and they don't really understand, they can make up stories about that, they can take it personally. Yeah. So what yeah. do you think would be important to say to her?
1: Um... I'd really struggled to write that letter if I'm honest, because she had a real hard time with her dad um, for the first few years of her life, and I I wouldn't—I don't know whether it would upset her, you know, because I know what kids are like. I mean, it's been—it's been about three months now since we split up.
0: Here's the thing: she's already upset.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I guess I know, but kids—kids tend to work in a way where after a week or so, it's not on the mind. You know, I, I know it will be. Um, I've never really thought of doing that, to be honest.
0: Yeah. Mm. What was hard for her about her relationship with her dad?
1: Um, I, I think it was it was a lot more volatile than what our relationship was, and yeah, I mean, I don't I don't really know the ins and outs of it. I know it wasn't it wasn't great. There would they were they're from down south. They they actually came up to the northeast to, to sort of get away from that situation. So speaking about that was very sort of it, it wasn't a topic that we ever really discussed in detail. Um
0: and how do you think you were different with her than her father was, her biological father?
1: Um That's a great question. How was it different? I guess I was more of a friend to start with because mm-hmm. I was eighteen, I was still a I was still a, a young guy, you know. Um I've shown nothing but love, but obviously she's seen the the, the bad sides to the relationship because when, when I leave and we fell out, she sees mum crying or mum upset and you know, it looks like I've upset her. And True. you know, so yeah.
0: Did she see arguing?
1: Yeah, she did.
0: Okay. Yeah. And did you did you have like time with her? Did you have playtime with her? Did you spend time yeah. with her? Were you there for yeah, her? Yeah. Did you pick her up from school? Like, what kind of relationship did
1: you? Yeah, make? yeah. It was it was really good. I'd drop her off at school every now and then, pick her up. We'd we we'd do loads together. We invented the princess carry <laughs> mm. to bed. Um. I had a I had a good relationship with her, but the problem was that the, the bad times were, where we'd split up and there was time apart. She was very, um, she didn't know whether I was coming or going. So right. I think towards the end of the relationship, it was she'd sort of lost that, right? You know, job's going to be gone soon, so who gives it? You know?
0: Right. So she had to protect herself, so she distanced yeah, herself. I guess. Yeah, yeah.
1: She'd yeah, she's been through a lot, bless her. It, it yeah. upsets me that you know, at the age she's at, she's gone through this and I've been a part of it because I just want to make her happy, I suppose. And I'm unhappy.
0: Yeah. I hear you. You I hear you. it's, It's hard. So, so let's talk about this. Um, because I'd like to offer you a different perspective on moving forward and really healing from this relationship. Right. Perhaps you Came into your ex girlfriend's life and this little girl's life to provide her with some picture of what being loved by a father figure could look like. Cause it doesn't sound like she had one.
1: Yeah. And
0: perhaps that was part of the reason, you know, it, I know you were attracted to the mom and all of that, but you know, there's this child that was a big part of it who made you in her head her father figure in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. And so my encouragement to you would again be to look at how you can provide her with some reassurance, some explanation. And that's why I suggest the letter because she can keep it. And it may not land right away and she may be angry or whatever, but I think it's important for her to know that you cared about her. Would you say that you loved her or love her?
1: Yeah, Yeah. definitely. Yeah.
0: That you love her, that it hurts to not be in her life, that you're sorry that things didn't work out between her and your mom, that you're sorry that you were in and out of her life so much. Um, and that you're sorry that she couldn't count on you a hundred percent, but that's not her fault and that you loved her and that she's so worthy of that Mm. or whatever you need to say in your words. Yeah. But can you see why this is important?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Because it's going to give her maybe not straight away, but it's going to help her understand the situation. Yeah. A 10 year old. She's going to be struggling. I mean, I don't think she is. She's, she's a really happy kid and she has a, a lot, a lot going for her and a lot of friends. So she's constantly smiling. But I suppose as you grow up, you'll you remember times like this. And I, I don't want to be remembered as the guy that made my mom, you know, mom unhappy. So it would be nice, like you said, for her to have something like that.
0: Yeah. And also it's going to impact her relationships with men.
1: Yeah, I know. I know that was, that was, that was on my mind quite a lot as well. Yeah. Because it was, she, she's only ever seen bad relationships for her, for a poor mom.
0: So perhaps, Joe, why this relationship's been hard for you to get over is because on like a, on a soul level, um, mm. you've known that you need to do this part to help this young girl.
1: Mm. And so oh, yeah.
0: like your conscience isn't letting you be over this. Because there's, there's a part you need to complete. Because yeah. you didn't just have a relationship with your ex. You had a relationship with her daughter as well. So from my point of view, there's two things. One, you were sourcing self love from your ex, right? So there was a pattern of looking for love, the love that you're not giving to you because you're hard on yourself because you maybe more self-critical, like whatever the reasons are that finding that love inside of you is challenging, all of that kind of got projected onto her. And so without the relationship there, you're grasping for love. The latest reference point you have is her. So you think you're not over her, but it's really not about her. It's about generating that feeling of love inside of you. That's part one. Part two is Anytime it's hard for us to let something go, sometimes that means there's something else to do. <laughs> there's something else to heal. There's a piece that we need to complete to feel like we're in integrity and to feel like we really can move on. And And my guess is, and, and this is just a guess, you have to see if it resonates with you, is... Part of you, and it may not be conscious, but part of you knows that there was some – I don't want to use the word damage because it sounds so dramatic, but your relationship with her daughter could be challenging for her daughter. A big part of you knows that and hasn't been able to let this relationship go because I think that part of you knows that you need to clean that up a little bit. Does that make sense to you?
1: Yeah, it it does make sense. Yeah. I've not looked at it from that angle before, but I guess it does. I've I've focused, I've been, as you do when you break up, you become quite selfish and I've focused on her, the, you know, the the mom and I guess the kid comes into it.
0: Yeah. Well, we we don't heal and get over things by being selfish. In fact, that just keeps us more in a victim mentality. We we heal by getting by being self honoring, by being honest, by being authentic, and by cleaning up our side of the street. Yeah. Part of getting over something is forgiveness. Forgiveness of ourself and apologizing. So you've got forgiveness of self, forgiveness of your ex. And remember, forgiveness doesn't mean condoning. But it means letting go of the judgments. And then I do think that there's an apology due to the daughter and a yeah. reassurance and an explanation. So she knows how you really feel about her. And she knows you're sorry. And she knows she's worthy of a man loving her completely and staying in her life.
1: Yeah, definitely. <clears throat>
0: So, I've been talking quite a bit. What's present for you?
1: Um, you've, you've sort of hit on something that's yeah it's i feel I feel bad now. I feel really bad
0: well, know? that's not gonna help
1: um, on 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 the on on the door you know
0: right, but feeling bad isn't gonna help, yeah it's not. Because then what you've just shifted feeling bad about, oh, I'm so sad I miss her to, oh, I'm a jerk, I abandoned the daughter. Like you feeling bad isn't going to help anybody. And I'm not giving you this coaching so you feel bad. I'm actually giving you this coaching so you don't feel bad in the future. So you can look back on this and be like, I did the best I could. Mm. And I didn't just focus on getting over my ex and not attend to the relationship with the daughter. Because she was just a bystander in all of this, right? Yeah. But an important part. So really, Job, this is, please don't feel guilty or bad because that is useless. Doesn't help anybody.
1: No, you're right. It doesn't.
0: Use that energy to tap into your heart and maybe you write a couple drafts to, to express how you feel about her to apologize, to tell her things that you want her to know. Yeah. And shift that feeling bad to just love. Mm. The love you have for her, the love you have for herself. Because feeling guilty, like what, let let me ask you this. What good does feeling guilty or feeling bad do? How does that help anyone involved?
1: It helps no one. And it's it's like you said, it's, it's, it's so pointless to, to feel guilty. I mean.
0: Right. And does it inspire you to take action? Does it inspire you to write a really loving letter to her? Not really. Cause it feels like a should Yeah. rather than I'm doing this from a place of love and I'm doing this from a place of keeping my side of the street clean and taking responsibility. Yeah. 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 So this is, you know, you, you were thrown into being a man at an early age. And so I'm asking you to man up.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: So what does manning up mean to you?
1: What does manning up mean? Um as accepting, you know, the mistakes that I've made on my part and you know, fixing them. Yeah. So You know, like you said, letting my ex's daughter know, you know, she, it's not her fault, you know, it's unfortunate it didn't work out and, you know, and she deserves all the love in the world. Mm -hmm. I guess, you know, it can't be from me. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, I mean, it's funny you say that, man up. It's, it's something that I used to get told quite a lot in the relationship, you know, in heated arguments, you know, man, man up and it's yeah. Yeah. I need to man up.
0: (laughs) Yes. In some areas you need to man Um, up. Um, and in other areas it's apply more love. You know, you were thrown into a very adult situation at a young age. I'm glad that you're going to travel. I think that's wonderful. I think you need to be 23. Yeah. I think you need to be 23, Joe. I think you need to go and be 23, but clean up things before you go. Don't just run as escapism write this letter to her, Yeah, that's a good part. do some breakup work on your own, like really get the self-love in place, keep the personal awareness, personal development, maybe bring a couple books with you, but you need to go be 23 after you man up a little bit and, you know, clean your side of the street. And when I'm saying go be 23, I'm not saying be an immature bloke <laughs> to use, no, to sound no, British. Just go, and-
1: <laughs> um, just go and have fun. Live life with it. Live life,
0: but take care of the responsibilities that you have before you go. And you have a responsibility to this young girl. And if there's any apology that you need to make to your ex or want to make to be in integrity, and you have a responsibility to forgive yourself. Mm -hmm. So it's forgiveness of self, forgiveness of her, anything that you need to say or express for closure, You take full responsibility, take 100% responsibility for your 50%. You do that, and then you go on a journey of self-love.
1: Yeah, I love it.
0: Because you will feel less guilty about taking the time for yourself if you were a little selfless before you go and clean some things up.
1: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I'm gonna do that. Are you still
0: Definitely. feeling guilty?
1: It needs to be done. No, I'm not feeling okay. guilty. No.
0: How are you no. feeling?
1: Strangely, I feel I've you've you've sort of touched on something that I've never spoken to someone about. So I feel a bit of a lease of life, if I'm honest. You know, I want I want to make sure um, the little girls okay, obviously first and foremost, and apologise and and like you said come from a place of love because that's all I ever wanted
0: yeah and yeah. you can't totally make sure that she's okay you know she's not your child anymore but you can no. do your part to help her with any misunderstandings that you played a part in mm. and you can let her know that she's loved by you and that she's very special and you leaving had nothing to do with her
1: yeah just, yeah <laughs> definitely
0: yeah. And I acknowledge you, Job. I acknowledge you for stepping into this relationship at a young age. I acknowledge you for seeing that it was a bit kind of codependent at times and that you were sourcing mm-hmm. your love from her and that there needs to be some self-love. You know, this was um from 18 to 23. This that's usually the time when people are being a little more selfish and discovering who they are. You've still got plenty of time, plenty of time. And now it really is your time to figure out who you are, so that the next relationship you have isn't volatile. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I'm, I'm kind of, I'm, I'm lost for words because it's, it's all so true what you're saying, and it's, and it's sort of hit home. You know what I need to do on my part, mm-hmm. and yeah, you're right. I mean, the, between the ages of 18 and 23, you should be like you said, sort of loving life and being selfish. Well, and it's no should, it's just
0: what's common. You took a less common route, but often the less common routes lead to the quickest awakening.
1: Yeah, you learn a lot about yourself. You do.
0: And so you're going to really make the most of these next few years. I encourage you to stay single. Right. Spend some time on your own, take everything that you've learned, and leverage it, move forward. Yeah. I appreciate Job's openness to the direction this call took. I did not expect to end up coaching him so much on his relationship with the little girl. You know, honestly, I never know the direction a call is going to go in. That's the beauty of doing this podcast and not knowing anything about my callers before we start talking and having such amazing people like Job on the show who trust me and are willing to be vulnerable. So let's break this call down by talking about what really prolonged his grieving process after this breakup and really anybody's grieving process after a breakup and why it was so hard for him to move on. So first, like he realized, there was a lack of self-love. He really relied on her for his happiness. He didn't give himself enough love. And so she was his source of love. And it's really hard to get over someone when they're our source of love because we need love. And we go through withdrawal. Like if we get off alcohol or sugar, we we have the shakes because honestly, love can be an addiction and it's actually not really love. It's more infatuation. And if you resonate with that at all, one of the books that I recommend most frequently about this is Facing Love Addiction by Pia Melody. The second thing that prolongs the grieving process and makes it harder to move on is wearing rose-colored glasses when looking in the rearview mirror. You know, Job was talking about how much he missed his girlfriend, but then the more we talked, it was clear that there were a lot of ups and downs, very on and off. From my point of view, this is what I call an issue-based relationship, meaning there's so many dovetailing issues there. There's super hot chemistry, but in the long run, it's really not healthy. Alison Armstrong, one of the leading relationship experts, says that when you feel an attraction at an eight or nine, or especially a 10 to someone initially, run the other direction. Next, a lack of forgiveness. There were still things that he was beating himself up for. There were still things he was holding against her. We move on when we forgive. And remember, forgiving isn't condoning behavior. Forgiving is letting go of the judgments, letting go of the resentments, letting go of the regret, letting go of the anger. So you can be free. And then another reason we have a hard time moving on and why we feel this need for closure. We just can't seem to get it is when there's a lingering issue that needs completion. In this case, it was about Joe being a bit out of integrity with the little girl on a soul level. I feel like he knew there was a part to complete with the little girl. Like there was some part of him that wouldn't let this relationship go because There was sort of this unresolved peace. He didn't just have a relationship with the woman. He had one with the daughter as well. And even though he talked about the fact that he wasn't missing her that much and his focus was more on the woman, he still was very involved in her life. That's why I went into talking about his relationship with the daughter because often our consciousness doesn't let something go when we need to go back and clean it up a little bit. So I encourage Job to really look at his relationship with this little girl and not minimize the role that he played in her life. He shared that she didn't have a great relationship with her biological dad, and Job came into her life at a very formative time, and he has the opportunity to make a positive impression. But if she thinks that he abandoned her, then that can create that fear of abandonment for the rest of her life. You know, so far this little girl has two men in her life that aren't around. And he can do the best he can to give her an opportunity to reframe how this goes into her belief system, how this goes into her story. My suggestion was he write her a letter really telling her it wasn't her fault and that she didn't do anything wrong and that he misses her and that he cared about her so that she really knows that it wasn't her fault and she didn't do anything wrong, and that he's sorry. You hear so often on this show that so much of the struggles in our adult life come from our childhood and come from having a misunderstanding of something adults did. And if this little girl could have a letter (laughs) that helped her understand this, maybe she may not get it at 10, but maybe later down the road when she reads it, And she has this apology, it may help her move through this. As we were talking about the little girl, Job talked about how he started feeling bad, like feeling guilty. That doesn't help. Feeling bad and feeling guilty stops us from taking action. You know, we feel bad, we feel guilty, we end up punishing ourselves, but that is so not proactive. Instead, clean up your side of the street so you don't have to feel bad about it in the future. This is something I just talked about with my own coach, Brandy. I was feeling bad about something, and she reminded me that self-punishment does nothing productive. What is productive is to take proactive action steps forward. Shift that feeling bad to love, expression, and action. As I said in the beginning with my marriage advice, love is a verb. Love is not feeling bad about something or guilty or sorry. And the last thing I encouraged Job to do was to be 23. 23. And I don't just mean go be immature, but he needs some time for himself to to really get to know who he is. And I also suggest he doesn't date for at least a year to really amp up that self-love. Which brings me to my takeaways for you today. If you're getting over an ex right now, you need to cut that cord and really focus on you being the best partner you can to yourself. After all of my breakups, that was the most important thing I did, was not focusing so much on the love that was lost, but the love that was inside of me that was still there and really learning how to become a great partner to myself. And in all of my breakups, I took designated time where I wasn't dating. So I really could get over that person and have a clean slate really leverage the learnings from the breakup because there's always learnings in breakups so that I could up-level the next type of relationship that I wanted to attract in my life. Second, if you're seeking closure with someone, really think about where you need to forgive, where do you need to let go, and where are you out of integrity? Is there something you need to clean up to be complete? Perhaps there's an apology letter to write. And if you realize that you may need to do this. Please don't beat yourself up. Like I said, feeling bad does nothing. And finally, make new agreements of how you want to show up in a relationship. If you realize that in the past, you haven't chose the people that were the best for you and you haven't really shown up with full integrity in a relationship, maybe write some vows. (laughs) Speaking of marriage vows, why don't you write some vows or commitments to yourself about the kind of partner you want to be, and really honor those agreements. And remember, that partnership starts with you. Be a little more loving to yourself today than you were yesterday. Sending you so much love and many blessings. Until next time, everybody. Thank you for listening to Over It Non With It. I love hearing from you, so please post your comments or questions at christinehasler.com slash podcast. That's also the place you can sign up to receive coaching from me in an upcoming episode. And if you love this show, please share it and subscribe on iTunes. You can find all my social media handles and sign up to be part of my community at christinehasler.com. Until next week, here's to getting over it and on with it. Much love and many blessings.